0: This is Kelly Schaefer from Atheist and Till the Dirt, and you're listening to the Phantasm
1: Podcast. Phantasm. Maximum Terror. That's
2: your target audience, baby! Phantasm. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it.
1: Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal!
2: Tell the metal. here. It's amazing.
0: I've been here since I was a kid.
2: Fuck yeah, dude.
0: I know, but yeah, there's a lot of things going on. We this 30th anniversary tour with Cynic. Oh, awesome. Um, and so because of COVID, we didn't get to celebrate our 30th for a piece of time or for Unquestionable. Sure. So we're doing a trilogy anniversary set. So Amazing. So uh, all the songs from the first three records. Not all of them,
1: but most. Uh, a lot of, it's a really long set, longest set we've ever done. Sure. And uh, so we're really excited about that.
0: And this is also the 30th anniversary of Focus for Cynic. Nice. So uh, me and Paul have been friends. For, since we were, you know, in our early 20s. So, uh, yeah, it's something we've always wanted to do and it uh, seemed like a good time to do it. And uh, Cynic hasn't played in, in probably eight years.
2: I'm about and to say, yeah, they've been, yeah.
0: So it's going to be really cool, man. Two, two uh, different sides of the technical metal sort of coin, you know, uh, all in one night. It should be really special, so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, I got a, I have a record coming out um, myself uh, for uh, a new band that I put together called Till the Dirt. That's on uh, Nuclear Blast.
1: That'll Fuck you! Coming yeah.
0: out later this later this summer. Probably the heaviest thing I've ever done. i so really excited about it. Is it of,
2: is it more like, just straight up death metal?
0: It's different, man. It's um, like a, It's hard to explain. It's kind of a hybrid between my love of stoner rock and extreme metal. So it's okay. It's, if you can imagine, if you can imagine if Alice in Chains had a blast beat band, you know, ah. like a really fucking crazy. Uh, it's super. Uh, it came out of the COVID era again. You know, it came out of the frustration of being sort of locked down, and uh, yep. I, I set up a little studio in my house and, and wrote all these songs. And uh, I got Scott Burns involved. Scott Burns came back.
1: Out of, no uh,
0: shit. So, was a, so he produced the album. And I'm uh, super excited about it. Steve DiGiorgio played his bass on it. Uh,
2: Jeff Loomis does a solo. Amazing. Uh, got a lot of really great players. Uh, Helped I
0: wrote all the music, but I had a lot of guys come in and play play the you know playing on the album with me and I also play guitar on it for the first time incredible since, since elements so yeah lots of good things going on man lots of music on the on the horizon
2: I'm trying to so you were talking about focus from seeca I remember seeing them with cannibal on the bleeding uh yeah. they were touring with them I think that I saw and then the last time I saw them was probably 10 years ago they were touring with Devin Townsend um yeah. and then that was a, that was probably a good good show. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think, the last time I saw you guys, it got it's it, it it I was at least eighteen or nineteen. Because oh, my man. my aunt and uncle used to live in Tampa, and I would go there and go see Deicide or Mormon Angel or you guys or Massacre, you know, the Gambit. I I went to anything I could. Where, where are you at now? I'm in Pensacola. Oh, Pensacola. Yeah, a lot cheaper for me um, to live here yeah, than it was in Miami. I I grew up in the Miami area and. Uh, My mom got real sick, which sucks, and I've been trying to look after her, but it's, you know, Miami's, I love Miami, but I just, I can't afford to live there. I gotta, I'd have to rob a bank or something, you know, to live in Miami. I I love it. I grew up there but in Boca Raton, but uh, I just can't afford to live there. So it's a lot cheaper to live here. I love it here, though. It's, it's pretty nice, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, uh, I I haven't been to Pensacola much, but I've been, I used to
2: go to Panama City. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, This is a little less touristy, a little more mellow, just kind of. The Pensacola Beach, yeah, it's all right. Well, yeah, so let's, uh, I got, I've got to ask you this, man. I'm such a huge fan. Thank you for doing this. Um, Absolutely. So with the new band, did you, is it fun to go a different direction after playing, you know, Tech Death? You guys are like one of, you know, the, to me, the front riders, purveyors of the whole damn genre. So is it fun to kind of put a different hat on for a little while? And
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't intentional. Like I said, it came out of pure, uh, it came came in a really organic state, you know. Like I, I was uh, literally starting to kind of, I don't know, just write re- because I had set up this little. The, the home recording possibilities of today just blow my mind as a sure. as a, a guy that's been around in, uh, since the old days of recording. Yeah, where you had to go in the studio in order to get good, listenable sounds. <coughs> uh, these days, you can really. For a guy like me, I, I write a lot, and uh, I write almost every day, and so a lot of the things that I write. Uh, I forget. Sure. So this was a way that I started logging my ideas. Every time I sit down with a guitar, I write something. Most of the time, it has to really rise to the top for me to remember it. Uh, but there's a lot of good things that I've uh, forgotten over the years. So anyway, this process started, and so I started logging uh, atheist riffs. And um, so I had about three hours of, of atheist riffs, like back to back, and that I could you know refer to when it comes time to sit down with the guys. So, uh, and then I wrote these two songs and they were just, uh, and I did vocals on them and it was kind of a combination of my, uh, a lot of people in the underground metal d- aren't familiar with my singing voice and I never would use it in the atheist context because I would be just, sure. that's just not the t- time or place for it. So I found a place for it in this band. And so along with probably the most brutal screaming I've ever done, huh. uh, in my career, like, you know, I, uh, so you combine that with this sort of um, high-quality sort of Seattle-Stoner hybrid, it's like really, it's it's different. I mean, uh, everybody that I've sort of, uh, hold on, you hear that? Yeah. Of course,
2: the garbage truck has to come right when I'm outside. you're good, dude. <laughs> um, it just, you know,
0: I, I wrote, like like I said, I wrote 20 songs, and I, the first two I wrote, I just kind of sent around to some friends,
1: yeah, just
2: to
0: see if because I was just like, man, it sounds really good, but it's not atheist and it's not anything else. So, uh, and that's kind of how it started. I sent it to a couple writer friends and a couple musician friends and people that I knew would tell me the truth. And uh, yeah, it starts from that. And then I just got excited about it and just started writing my ass off and uh, ended up with the song. So the uh, the album itself is uh, top to bottom, man. You know as proud of it as anything I've ever done, and it's just, uh, and, but I didn't mean to, like, you know what I mean, it's not, I didn't sit down and say, okay, I'm gonna, run. I'm gonna start a new band, and, right. and, uh, write all these different kinds of songs, um, you'll hear Atheist in it, because, you know,
2: I wrote a lot of Atheist guitar riffs, yeah, yeah, um, throughout the, throughout the years, so, people
0: that have listened to it have said, yeah, it's like, a." but it's really modern, I mean, it's very, uh, it's very today, it's not dated in any way, so it's, a. Uh, you know just really excited i can't wait to fucking get it out you know it's, uh, i've had it, been sitting on it for two years
2: that's a long so, time yeah uh
0: well with covid everything got really backed up uh record labels and everything but this thing, the most exciting thing is about monty connor is a guy who was sort of as i refer to him as the clive davis of death metal okay um yeah you know, he uh you know signed all the you know Sepultura, obituary yeah signed all these amazing bands so he is the one that signed till the dirt and really having scott burns as producer it kind of is a full circle 30 years circle to be working together with all these guys it's the first time with monty i mean we've always been friends monty's always been a believer in atheist and um, you know we came real close to being on on that label back in the day so you know it's, so it's nice to to have this sort of the family together you know the old school family uh with this new modern kind of band and um yeah, I can't wait to see how it, how it uh, plays out.
2: Is, is Monty at Nuclear Blast?
0: Yeah, he's vice president.
2: That's right? crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's, uh,
0: he's been, you know, instrumental in, in, you know, doing the Overkill and Testament and stuff like that. He has his own imprint at that label as well. That's good. Label That's good. His own label within Nuclear Blast. Yeah, so, uh, and he's a hard guy to please, man. He's um, you know, a very tough critic. Knows exactly what, you know. Uh, you know where things are. He's ears to the street. He's he's always had a great knack for that. You know, for being uh, being able to reinvent himself as a as a guy that signs bands. You know, I mean, uh, all the way from you know the old school death metal to Slipknot
1: and Nickelback and shit like that. You know, oh, all wow. kinds of different bands. Yeah, that's know? impressive. He stayed, I mean. uh, yeah, he's
0: i uh, I've known him since you know God, we were you know 19 years old. So um, he's a little older than us, but I mean, not much. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, couldn't be a cooler team of people, and, and the best label for metal on the earth. Oh yeah, it could a blast, you know. So it's got a good shot. So
2: we'll see what happens. So the Scott Burns thing, I'm, I've got to ask you about. How did how did you make that? Because man, I I I think he is the best producer. Period. Like he's a man,
0: you know. I mean, he's uh, just can't say enough about Scott Burns, man. I mean, he, he's just the reason all those old records you know we were able to finish those records because of his work ethic and and because of him going to bat for us you know none of us had lots of money to get those records done we were given small budgets and and a lot of times you know he would go the extra mile come in early and leave late to to make sure those albums got finished and um you know he did that for everybody right and, uh, plus he just has an uncanny ear for um hearing kind of where band should be he you know back in the day he was more of an engineer uh he would like when we would sit down and do solos he would produce on that level because producing and engineering are two totally different things right. um so while he was called a producer he was he was really more of a, a wizard technical um you know a mix engineer you know he was mixing but he was pulling you know to sit down and, and, and do solos with scott burns and have him give you a nod of approval was a fulfilling thing back then you know it was like uh, yeah you know you rip out a solo be like what do you think of that and he was like yeah it's fucking cool bro and so uh on that level it was it was great to work with him now until the dirt he worked with me in a different level a different capacity I, I had some demos done like they were very listenable demos right and he was you know uh just really helpful and helped me with arrangements uh, helped me with some song choices for the album um but he didn't, he didn't have to do any of the technical stuff this time. So, you know, technology's come a long way since then, you know, and so the way records and, and everything is done on a computer now. So it's, you know, there's a learning curve there for, for a guy like Scott who does things the old school way. So I really was just grateful to have him on, you know, helping me on this different level, you know, different telling me, because, you know, the world is full of, yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. You know, this complacency. And uh, Scott will, you know, give me the real the real deal, you know. And that's hard to come by. So uh, it's it was uh, – plus, I just trust his ear. And if something is hokey or, or, or too long or too drawn out, then he's, you know, he's there to tell me. And it was, it was a fun process because it was the first time that we had reconnected in 20 years. So, um you know, and he, uh, he doesn't like much. So between him and Monty, you know, and their support, it made me feel um, – Vindicated.
2: Oh, you know, and, dude! And
0: writing all these songs.
2: I mean, cool. that's a that's an insta sell for me as a fan, anyway. Just because you're on it, but at stop. least to
1: listen, anyway. You know, I mean, I think anybody should be curious
0: to, to listen, and I feel like the songs back it up, you know. And uh, so we'll see. I guess we'll, you know, it's a it's a uh, it's a tough world, this music business. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: it's well. I mean, and I was going to ask you. Um, I guess a a death metal question. I personally feel like the bands that did it back then, yourself included with Atheist, there's bands that get it and then there's bands that I used to listen to, who I'm not going to name, that I feel like they're trying to put out any kind of thing they can to stay relevant where there's some bands, like Atheist, where I feel like, you would be too specific about just putting any fucking thing out just to just to sell it, like they're, oh, they're, no. yeah, I mean, to mean the, like the the creative craft of making death metal is is a, is its own thing. Like if you were part of it, as opposed to someone that was trying to just duplicate the sound.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I think one of the, the you know the, the bands that you know I've, I've enjoyed watching Cannibal Corpse evolve.
2: Yeah, over the years, you know what I mean. From well, they've got, they Ru- got Ruthanne towards- now, and I think that's incredible. Yeah, and, and Alex, Alex Webster as a bass player
1: has like grown fucking exponentially. I sure, mean, like he's just been, you know, a, a, a tremendous talent.
0: He always was, but he's just really honed his craft. And and uh, they put all that sort of collective, you know, riffing and experience and uh, and they're ferocious, man. I mean, lie, they're just a well-oiled yeah. machine and. And so I really enjoy seeing that obituary is uh, a band that's stuck to their guns for for a really long time, you know, and sure. uh, never changed, always been the way, you know, you can always, you can, you know, you can tell from the first few guitar notes, an obituary record, it's hard to have that kind of unique identity. Sure. I think one of the great, great things about the older bands is that there is a differential between, you know, you can hear, listen to liquid metal and hear eight different new bands. And it's really hard to tell the difference between them. You know, I mean, uh, everybody's got, you know, and not to take anything away because there's some unbelievably heavy, amazing new music out there that I just really, really love. Uh, but it is a little less unique um, than, it, than it felt like back then. Maybe, you know, sure. maybe I'm just an old guy and I'm wrong, you know, but but I uh, <laughs> I just think, you know, there's a huge difference between Morbid Angel and Obituary and Cannibal kind of Corpse and Atheist and Cynic and Death. Like, you know, what I mean, those you can put those bands on and, and tell who those bands are like they don't, we don't sound alike you know but we all come from the same world so to speak and the same era um
1: so you know these days uh you know with with how easy it is to make
0: music there's just so many bands and and uh, but you know records aren't made the way they used to be made so a lot of what you're hearing is almost inhuman it's almost ai in a way because it's just so it's uh you know the drum, the sound of drums today compared to the sound of drums in the early '90s, it's just it's night and day. Yeah. Now, but it's not as real. You know, what I mean, it's, those aren't real performances. Um, you know, the and listen, I I've embraced the technology, so I'm not I'm not ragging on it. I'm just saying it's different and it sounds different. It's less human than than it used to be. Um, the every record that Atheist ever made, every drum track you hear is. One solid performance. Right. There's no cutting or pasting or, or any of that shit. Sure. That's, that's a top. Uh, um, you know, we would go in and play scratch guitar to the drums and played the song maybe five times, depending on how many times it took to get a really, you know, lively take. And then we would track to that drum, right. that drum track. And uh, we never did it to a click track, so it was always different. Wow. Um, you know, each take. So, uh, and then so so then when you when you when you track guitars and bass to that, it's not it's
2: imperfect. You know, it's not to a click. It's yes, um, you know, speeding up and slowing
0: down. It's it's breathing. You know, it's just like a like sure, a, sure. A real living organism, and uh, that's missing from today's music. And I think ears and your brain recognizes that after so many years of the like the last ten years of music being so perfect, and that uh, everything is so polished and perfect and that's another thing i really love about the the till the dirt record as well is while i did embrace the technology it's far from perfect it's uh there's moments where you know uh, i mean some of the some of the vocal takes i did are just you know once through and um you know and i and i left them the way they were that to capture that the night that i wrote it you know uh, right the feeling that i was feeling in that night i would write my wife is a bartender and so she oh, would okay leave for work at like seven o'clock and so I would have the house to myself and my little boy. And um, oh, so cool. I would start writing a song and I would have the music done by midnight and, then you know, have a couple more drinks. And then, and that was another thing that was a, a weird experiment that I've explained on a couple of other podcasts. But I always, every, all the atheist music I wrote, smoking weed.
2: Uh,
1: really?
0: It's still, it, absolutely. Yeah, that was a huge part of, of the creative process for all of us. Roger Patterson, myself. Nice. All of us, really. And um, so that opens up different doors in your brain and with till the dirt i was drinking like anger bombs so by you know by uh you know and that creates a different i've never ever written music while even having a glass of wine or anything
2: so okay
0: it it created a hostility and an anger in my writing that uh that i was kind of like whoa and so the next day when i would listen to it it's kind of like do you drink at all i do so when you go out and you get
1: drunk one night and you uh, you know, if you get to the point where you're like, oh, I have well, too many shots and i said too
0: much or, you know, you think about it the next morning, like, ah, did I insult that guy? Or, did I, you know, did sure, I insult sure. him? You know, you just think about the things that you did. Well, musically, it's the same way. Like, I would write these things that I would never normally write. Um, you know, alcohol gives you a braveness. You know, I mean, uh, you see people start fights in bars all the time, get their ass kicked yeah, because yeah. they're drunk, you know. Well, musically, it was like that for me with the Dirt. I was like, well... I was just doing things I would never normally do and uh, listen to it the next day and be like holy shit that's awesome you know and uh, that's really it's where it came out of uh, just pure experimentation you know and um, you know some people might frown at that like oh don't encourage people to drink or smoke pot but, but that's my process you know I mean that's, that's and you know it's sad to tell everybody that most of the great music of the world is created in inebriated states.
1: <laughs> well, know, yeah. I promise you, Led
0: Zeppelin was not straight when they wrote those records.
1: No. Floyd were not straight when they wrote those no. records, you know. Um,
0: so, for all the people that don't do drugs or, or don't party in any way, uh, you can vicariously live through that music, uh, you know. And, and, and I think that's why people gravitate to, to music like that, because it is kind of a way of having an altered mind without having an altered mind you know you can be a nine-to-five banker and come home and
2: listen to animals from pink floyd and be like oh man i feel like i'm tripping you know right uh this was
1: but this must be what it's
0: like to trip on acid you know really not but for them it is sure
2: (laughs) we as when you uh back in the day like when you know y'all would go into record after you've wrote a record or whatever um because I, I was always fascinated with this because I, that's why I thought Atheist was so unique because there was really nothing like you guys. Because you figure even like Death doing the Human album, which this is probably going to sound weird to you. As much as I loved Atheist, I didn't like when Death went down that road. Like Chuck. Yeah, they went down that road after. That- Dude, he threw me because like, and I love... The de- I saw Death several times. I was lucky to get to see him a bunch. But he, see, he threw me with Human, then brought me back with the next album. Like, with the, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, cause I, I like more pissed off Chuck as opposed to, you know, Chuck doing Cynic. Cause that's what, I swear to you, this is no joke and not a shot at him cause I, I was a huge fan. But I, and I've said this, I've been doing this podcast for almost 10 years. Like, we, it's something I've said he just threw me with that record. Like if you guys had put that record out, I would have never, i had been like, Oh, it's another, you know, but it's like, it, it just didn't feel like death to me, you know, like I was, Well,
0: no, you know, if you've been around for a while, so you know that the, there was a, there was a, there was a sort of pecking order of things that were happening. And, yeah. um, you know, we didn't always get along with the guys. We didn't get along with Chuck in the beginning. He was, sure. um, you know, we had a real tough time with our relationship and, uh, he was very territorial, and um he when we started mixing jazz elements with
2: metal he was quick to talk a lot of shit about us oh god and uh, to, to to people that were making people that were about
0: to invest in us and and, and help us make peace of time
1: sure so before we made that record you know he called a person up and said you know that um uh, that
0: you know, we don't even listen to metal and no, then we were, you know, back then he was just very, uh, gate, is it gatekeeping? I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, yeah.
0: you can't do that. You can't mix jazz with metal. And, um, you know, inevitably when he started playing with Sean and Paul, he realized that that progressive nature was the future. You know, you can't just keep making the same old gory lyrics
1: and the same, you know, the sure. same simple riffs
0: and, and, you know, the simplicity of it needed to evolve and,
1: you know, to his
0: to his credit, he. Uh, you know, you, you may not like it, but I think it was a, it was an evolution for him. I think he woke up and realized, oh, okay, yes, it is good to have musicianship. I uh, am, you know, having Paul and Sean in the band; they were incredible
2: musicians. Oh yeah, unbelievable, so, unbelievable. And that mean, wasn't. I hope you didn't. Ta- that wasn't a shot at them. I just that re- that is. No, I, no, I get it. That's your opinion, you know, and, and I think that's a you know. It's, it's, it's and it's to, and and to, to be s- honest about it, to too. stay in the same level with this. And I again this is not something I've never said before. And I'm friends with Paul. He doesn't, he's not a fan that I say this, but I prefer the Barnes era cannibal stuff. It's what I grew up with. I do, I don't have I love George. I think George is a great guy and very talented. But if you're gonna put a gun to my head, you're on a desert island, give me the first four cannibal records and I'm good. Wow, man, you're old school as hell. I, I'm just being honest. I it's the yeah, same yeah, I thing it. with I, I love
0: talking. I listen that. that's the beauty of it all man everybody you know it, it hits everybody differently and the most important thing is that if it hits you know I mean and Cannibal uh, Corpse is uh you know the, I, we toured with them back then as well we had sure. the same same sort of it was just difficult for bands like Cynic and Atheist back then we had no one to tour with so sure. we, you know they stuck us out with Cano Mass and then they stuck us with Cannibal Corpse so it was like <laughs> too totally you know the, the, we didn't fit into either one of those tours Um right you know in terms of music but you know we uh, had nowhere else to go, and um, so that's why this this new cynic atheist tour that we're about to do is so cool because uh, we finally get to go, and everybody in the room is is going to be prepared for, you know, sort of uh, technical excellence.
2: Oh, you know? it's amazing!
0: And uh, it's a good feeling for us to go out and know that we're not fighting the you know the the knuckle dragging, you know gore guy, you know the guy that's like, "Fuck this technical," meat. you know, like, want, you know, rip my guts out," and fuck, you know. What I mean, right. those guys, we don't have to fight with those guys uh, to 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 get them to like us or listen to or not yell shit between songs. <laughs> so I mean, I uh, it's it'll be fun, you know.
2: I mean, I I don't just as a kid, like, I, I think it's probably simple nostalgia. Like, but when I reach for, you know, like Cynic or you guys. I want to listen to that mute you know what I mean and I was into it then when I saw them I didn't know who they were when I saw them open for cannibal on the bleeding and I loved them I thought focus was great and I've been a fan ever since same thing with you guys like when I got my first my buddy of mine gave me one year old cassettes in high school it I literally tore it up you know the timeout and like I destroyed it and and I think it's it's it was that way with death for me because I, I love the first three albums, so when he put Human out, it was so, you know, and then, it was a departure. but then when I got individual thought patterns, I was <laughs> like, oh, he's back, we're good. There's still some of that in there, <laughs> but I, and a lot of people hate that record. I love that record, you know, and I, the only, the only death records I can't listen to are the last one, and then, I can't listen to Control Denied, I couldn't get into it. Don't, I can't, just couldn't do it. Well, that would have, if,
0: if Chuck had lived, that's where he would be right now. Be,
2: oh, I'm sure. He'd make him,
0: he'd be making power metal i mean
2: that's, because that's cool. where
0: kind of where his, his heart is his heart was i think once he got you know popular with death sure i think he you know he really wanted to escape that and i think that was part of the reason also why he allowed himself to gravitate into our you know, into our waters of, of playing more technical kind of uh, extreme metal so um you know again he was just always trying to but I think he inevitably he wanted to be in a band with a really kind of high singer like Rob halford or sure.
1: something like
0: that, you know. Uh, that's uh was his real real main love, but but he couldn't get away from the death stigma. And I do I don't know what that's like. I'm going to be experiencing that with my new band. Um you know, everyone's going to go, yeah, but atheist, but atheist and it's like, yeah, okay, but this is different. You know, it, this doesn't sound sure. like atheist at all. And you know, people should let us stay. I, I kind of even said it to the record company. I was like, do we have to mention Atheist at all? <laughs> you know, can we just put this out and, like, just, you know, pretend it's it's not me? Anyway. I hope it's like, cool
2: we talked me, about like, it. I just, I would shoot myself if I didn't talk about it with you, so. Well,
0: oh, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying, in general, that you, you have to. It's, it's, I'm just pointing out the, how hard it is to be an established artist and then try to do something different. Oh, um, sure. Everybody wants sure. to get Everybody wants you to just wear, you know, Dylan. Oh, we, we like you in that shirt better. You know, it's like, yeah, what, well, I'm tired of wearing this shirt.
2: Yeah, but, right, sure. You know, I'm not
0: tired of the only way. I'd like to wear sure. a different shirt from time to time. Sure. But, you know, music, musicians are never allowed to step outside the bounds of other people's comfortability of it. And, and uh, traditionally, anyway. I mean, there are, you know, people that have made, you know, obviously Dave Grohl probably still hears about Nirvana. You know, and he's, you know, Foo Fighters are as big a band sure. as you could be. Um, so I guess it's just the nature of people go, oh, you know, I, I because they, you know, you spend eyes, you know, merciful fate to me. I, I love, you know, I, King Diamond, it's cool and everything, but merciful fate, is, that's what I grew up listening to. That's, sure. Those notes resonate with my soul in a way that, uh, you know, nothing else that he's ever done has. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. To, uh, I get it. Why people get so attached to you know the the the, uh, the original recordings and, and the, the original way things uh, were, but but I invite people to just create new experiences with the new music. So you know when I think about old metal, I think about listening, getting high with my friends in the car, riding around, cranking it up really loud with the windows down to freak people out at the stoplight. You know what I mean? Like uh, things like that. I uh, those were the those are the visual experiences I think of when I when I hear. Hit the Lights, you know, from Metallica or, sure. or um, Fight Fire with Fire. You know, I used to love just just going to the beach and cranking it up and watching everybody around us go, what the fuck is that? You know, because it was so beyond, you know, the, the Mali Crew and the and the poison and the shit that was, you know, out around it. Everybody would be like, what the fuck is that? You know, and i be like, Yeah, what's up? You know, and then so King Diamond and Merciful Fate, uh, that shit was so evil sounding back then. Then it would free, you know freak people out, and I love that. And so those experiences, coupled with that music, that's the soundtrack to, to, to my youth. So it's hard to create a new uh, a sequel, so to speak. Sure. <laughs> and uh, but but I think you know I've I've established new memories and new uh, experiences with bands like Deftones. You know I, I love Deftones. So when I hear Deftones, it reminds me of the '90s and and so, um, so you know, as you get older you, you have these periods in your life you know the, um, you know, the old shit reminds me of the late 80s early 90s uh, the uh, Daftones and stuff like that remind me of the late 90s early 2000s and um, so everything has its era but it's good to, to you know it's good to not be stuck and you know, I mean when I watch people and then how attached to Kiss they are you know I guess beyond the you know beyond the, the makeup and the and the, the chic of it all you know the music's so old man it's like it's 50 years old now. It's like, so I always think about like, you know, in the 80s, we weren't playing music from the 30s. You know what I mean? Um, so I just wish people would kind of just, just move along. Yes, we, we love the old KISS stuff and, and, and that's that. But I mean, just to keep, you know, I don't want to listen to any new music. I like KISS. You know, like, okay, well, uh, there's a lot of really cool new you know bands that kind of were influenced by KISS. Um, you know, maybe the music doesn't sound the same, but the same spirit is there. I don't know. That's the beauty of music. It's just this, uh, you know, you can think whatever you want and, and nobody can take your opinion away from you.
2: And, uh, that's kind of cool. You know, I like that. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm actually everything you described. I'm stuck in my, my thing. And th- we've done this podcast built on that. I, I don't like, I'm, I'm pretty particular, especially death metal stuff. Like, I, I'm not gonna go waste my money to see most because uh, I suffocation's my favorite death metal band and I love them just because they've never changed. Pound for pound, as good as it gets. I I love them. Uh, Terrence is a dear friend. I love them to death. Derek Boyer, great dude. I love them. They're great. I miss Frank, but Frank had to do his own thing. You know, it is what it. But I I love them and I you know they're they give me what right, I want. He is. Ricky is no joke, man. We you hear the new album. I can't wait to he's hear the new record. Him. I, I, I. He's I, a monster. He's great. I just, I, yeah. you know, but like, you know, we were talking about Burns' effigy. That's that's his masterpiece to me. Like, I can listen to that every day. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, suffocation is really just one of those bands
0: that just doesn't. They, I think when new, their new album comes out, I think they're really gonna. People are just gonna be reminded of just how, like I said, pound for pound. Great they are, and at what they do, and just ripping your fucking head off. Like there's no, no fluff to it at all. It's no. it's, it's man metal. Man metal. They're just. <laughs> and, but, uh, I, but
2: I, I, you know, I love them. I, I,
0: I know. I know. Rick, Ricky's going to go through the the Frank comparisons, and then you know, and I. But he, you know, he can stand on his own two legs. I mean, he. I've
2: seen him lob with him a long time ago.
0: Well, I lived on a bus with him. Okay. I hear, I hear him warming up. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, well, I'm just saying I, I heard him warm up on a bus sitting you know, sitting there and without a microphone, without copying the microphone, without any of that, that's a, sure. that dude's a monster, you know? And um, yeah, I can't say enough great things about him. I mean, uh, so I, I look forward to him having his day to shine uh, on a Suffo record. And I think that, uh, I think it's a new era for them uh, oh, because yeah. he lends in many ways, in many ways, uh, in a more modern brutality you know um you know there's no there's no one like frank that's for sure i mean he uh was a you know a great frontman too really hard to replace oh, I lo- his when you know
2: see to me he, for like it, just to say that Glenn Benton, chris Barnes fucking uh and frank i mean that's my whole childhood i love those guys i, I always will <laughs> a lot of people don't like those guys i love them i'll um, always love them i that's what i grew those up with these guys are great yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, that's the foundation, man. I, mean, I uh, loved all that shit, and that's that's what I was into. Those were my three favorites, and like, I love I love that Cannibals still doing stuff and everything else. I just Eric is the reason. I I wish Eric and Paul and all those guys all the best, but I man, I love Hate Eternal. I the only thing I hate about him being in Cannibals Hate Eternal's been put on the side burner, Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, that, that's some nasty shit. I fucking love them. That that band's so good, and I never have to worry about when I hate Eternal record comes out about it being some piece of shit. It's just nasty. Eric kicking my fucking throat in. It's I love it. So you know, I, God bless those guys for still making this stuff. And it's you know, I, I that's what I want. It's like buying an ACDC record. I don't want an ACDC record that sounds like fucking I don't know what. I just want ACDC. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. And-
0: you know, it puts you in the in the headspace that you want to be put in. Um, again, rolling back to the soundtrack. I mean, life. You know, if you watch a movie without a soundtrack, it's a very you know, it's probably not a very interesting movie. Uh, your life should be that way. If you're going to the store, like I, for me, going to the store, I have a particular kind of music I want to listen to on the way to the store. Nice. Uh, going to the beach, I have, I know what I want to put in on my way to the beach. Like I, and and it it, it makes my life experience better. You know, and, uh, and I, I've often said. Uh, that I think that there's an untapped potential from Hollywood producers and directors. They're not using. They're not. They're not recognizing this music and how effective it would be in some of the scenes in their movies. Right. Um, you know, uh, murder scenes. Maybe uh, if, if
1: you're trying to create a real mysterious vibe. I mean, there's so much great music and metal that they're not ever using. You know, oh, what I mean, know. there's just all kinds of and uh, be, maybe because there's a there's a uh, stigma of
0: of, you know, death metal. I don't, I don't want to listen to that. It's you know, satanic metal or, you know, I mean, there's that naive sort of generalization about it. You know, I'm surprised that somebody like Quentin Tarantino hasn't been like, what the fuck? What is Napalm Death? Like, holy shit, that's violent sounding. I'll put that up with this violent scene in this movie and that'll really lift, you know, the, the it'll cause the visuals to be even more uh, violent. And uh, but I, I haven't seen many many people do that especially not on a high, high profile uh, you see some of the most insane scenes in movies that have kind of this fluffy music around it and it's like uh, what the hell you know uh, imagine the scene in Goodfellas where he stomps out uh, you know for calling <laughs> the, the shine box guy I forget yeah. what the guy Billy, Billy Bats while they're stomping his face and like they're playing you know, well, blah, blah, you know I forget what the, the, that song is uh, that's playing so it's like really melancholy. And it worked. And it was it was a cool scene in the movie, but imagine it with some violent music behind that face stomping. That would be
2: great. <laughs> I just think
0: that would be cool, you know.
2: So to the dirt, are y'all going to do a bunch of shows or are you going to... Listen, Man, the sky's the limit on, on what could happen. We'll see.
1: Certainly, uh, we certainly have the band in place. Um, you know, uh, got great players and ready to
0: rock. So I'm just going to see what people think of the record. You know, it's going to probably be uh, August... Um, but you'll probably start hearing about it in uh, July. Incredible. And um, Yeah, it'll just be, um, it'll be something that uh, will, will either set itself up or it won't, you know what I mean? But I'm proud of the record. If You know, I have every intention of going out and touring. And, and um, I think in a live setting, uh, it's going to be pretty ferocious. And uh, certainly for me, the, the most,
2: uh, the, the fastest and the, and the nastiest thing I've ever done musically, metal-wise. I love it. It's, it's, I can't wait to yeah, check it it's out. it's
0: really cool. So, um, they're playing this music like better than it's ever been played, man. I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about the, the New Atheist guys. They're young and fiery, and I put together some some monster musicians that are just really doing justice to this material, and we're, we're covering, you know, so many songs we've never played live before. Awesome. And um, so I'm excited for everybody to see it. So yeah. everybody get your tickets for the tour because it definitely some shows are going to sell out for sure and then everybody's going to be hitting me up and be like i told you, you know, ah. i told you it was going to sell out
2: so. awesome dude thank you my pleasure take care man i'll, see you later, Vincent. I'll hit Cheers, you up. and you know something i sort of enjoyed it